Welcome to the Fem Genius Podcast, where we unlock the secrets of intuition, self-discovery, and spiritual wisdom. I'm your host, Liz Zamorski, and I'm so excited for you to join me and my special guests as we delve into tarot readings, exploring our intuitive language, and sharing practical tips and tricks for connecting with your inner guidance. Tune in for an empowering journey into the world of intuition and self-awareness. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Fem Genius Podcast, where we dive deep into the mysteries of the soul and the power of the intuition. I'm your host, Liz Zamorski, your guide on this transformative journey, and I am so excited about today's topic because it is one that is very near and dear to my heart, and that is discernment. So today we're going to do a deep dive into discernment, and I feel really strongly about this in all areas of life. I start pretty much every reading I ever do doing a little disclaimer of you have free will, you have the power of discernment, take what resonates and leave the rest. So as we go through this episode and all episodes of the Fem Genius podcast, I want to open it up by saying you have free will. I am not the authority on this. I am somebody who is along my journey, who is learning some things, integrating some things, drawing conclusions, and wanting to share them with you. So that way you can also open up your inner wisdom with more information. So from the get-go, I'm just saying, my bias is that we all have free will. We should all be using our discernment. And the significance of using our discernment is that we are then building our own empowerment. We are then beginning to trust our own selves and allow our intuition to open up, guide us, and become this compass so we can navigate this journey with a little bit more intention, a little bit more trust in ourselves, and that's what this is all about, is not just following the programming that we were given from ages zero to seven, but to actually actively co-create this experience of life, to question, to take risks, to dive deep. But it also means that we have to have our thinking caps on, our critical thinking engaged, and our discernment as our co-pilot as we navigate all of this. So me being who I am, <laughs> I always like to start with the concrete. So. I want to kick things off by talking about what discernment truly means. And the Oxford Dictionary defines discernment as the ability to judge well. And I just love that. I love that. There's something so beautiful about this because it's not just the ability to judge. And judging is our way of forming opinions. But I love that qualifier on the end that is so subjective. It's so empowering to me our ability to judge well. So already by its definition, this feels so empowering to me where it's building this muscle, it's learning, it's integrating. It's not just judging, forming that opinion. It's being able to do it well, where by exercising this discernment and refining it based on our lived experiences, we have the opportunity to build on our ability to make keen decisions that make sense to us because that's what this is all about. We get to move from judging to discerning. I'm gonna say it one more time, the ability to judge well. Oh, I love it. And so discernment calls us to be selective, like a treasure hunter, where we have this enchanted map in front of us and we're discerning, we're judging based on our past experiences, based on the lessons we've integrated, which path we wanna take, which people we want to engage with, 
where we're going to allow ourselves to take a little bit more control, where we're going to seed some of that control. It's the art of filtering through the noise of life to find those hidden gems of truth and resonance. Now, I love to talk in quantities and then also qualifiers. And so while I was thinking about discernment, I realized like how much data do we actually encounter every day? Because I know that it's a lot and I know that it's increasing the more and more that we have these, um, you know, little computers in our hands all day long. And so what I found was that there was a 2017 study which showed that humans can process about 74 gigabytes of data every single day. And I love playing with perspective. So I was like, what the heck does 74 gigabytes of data look like? And so I found this one Googleable piece that said, if you imagine that one byte of data is equivalent to one character, like one keystroke on a computer, then one megabyte is equivalent to one large book. And a gigabyte is then around 1600 large books. So we have the data processing capability of about 118,000 large books every single day. That is a lot of raw data that we are potentially processing every day. And so we have to have a way of filtering what we acknowledge or what we think about or what we believe and so in comes discernment. Discernment is how we pattern and arrange the information around us in a way that supports our biases. So we're going to talk about biases a little bit later, confirmation bias um, and the ways that we take in data that supports what we already believe. But we get to decide what information we integrate and what we choose to ignore. We exercise our ability to judge well. And how this goes with intuition is because we're always talking about intuition. And a lot of people describe intuition as that inner compass, like I said before. But here's the thing is that discernment is not the opposite. Critical thinking is not the opposite of intuition. Critical thinking and discernment are the trusted partners of intuition. It's the questioning and aligning your choices with your inner knowing. So your inner knowing is that intuition and the questioning and the alignment is the discernment. So to me, it's like building a bridge over troubled waters. Go look up that song. <laughs> but it can be difficult to know where to start when we're intentionally discerning. So some questions that I like to use, and I suggest that you know if these resonate with you, that you pause and that you write these down. Um, does this resonate with my authentic self? In other words, does this align with who I truly believe that I am at my core, the person that I want to be in the world. Is this aligning with that? Is that is this supporting that vision? Or is this going against who I really want to be? Second question, is it aligned with my values? I'm going to make this suggestion too, whether you love her or hate her. I know she can be very divisive for people, but I suggest going and Googling Brene Brown's list of values and looking through that list and picking out three values that really truly resonate with you. This is a great jumping off point to really deciding, you know, who am I? What are my values? What is it that I want to be putting out in the world? How is it that I want to be filtering the world and just getting those couple of core values? Because when we ask about our values, it can be very overwhelming where it's like, well, I value my family. It's like, okay, those are things that you value, but what experiences, what states of being, who do you want to be in the world? Those are deeper questions that 
can take us that extra step in this discerning. So I definitely recommend whether you use Brene Brown or somebody else that you look up a list of values and start actually doing like a deeper inquiry into who it is you want to be, what kind of values you hold, because that's going to really build that foundation for that discernment. And another question is, how do I feel when I encounter information? And this is one of those on the fly questions that you can be asking as you're encountering information in your daily life. Um, just checking in with your body. Does this make me feel yuck? Does this make me feel happy? Does this make me feel like I want to run in the other direction? Does this make me go like, huh? What the heck did this person just say? I see so much on the internet in the name of spirituality on a daily basis that I'm like, what? What are they talking about? And some of it is a jumping off point into me wanting to find out more because I'm I'm just confused by it. And some of it is what, as in what the heck is this person talking about? And that is not for me. I do not need to spend another moment of my day or a moment of my energy or a moment of my concentration going deeper into that particular rabbit hole. That is not for me. No, thank you you know, good luck on your journey and moving on. So it, really allowing yourself to see like, where are you putting your attention? What data are you integrating? And remember that not all paths are meant for you and that's okay. I have people all the time ask me, have you read this book? Have you heard this person's podcast? Do you follow this person on Instagram? And so much of the time I'm like, no. And it's kind of like when my husband will ask me like, have you seen this movie? <laughs> I feel like I'm constantly saying no to him. Uh, he's like, what? How could you not have seen that movie? But most of it is just like, well, that wasn't part of my journey. And it doesn't feel like it's going to be part of my journey moving forward either. So I'm okay with that. And I used to feel so much pressure when I would say no, when people would ask me, like, have you read this book? Have you heard of this author? Have, do you follow this? And I felt like I was behind the ball or something, like I was not advanced enough and that it was this rat race of, I have to consume as much information as everyone else in order to become, I don't know, enlightened or empowered or to be a spiritual person. And what I realized was when I would pick up those books or when I would start listening to those podcasts, and give them a chance, I would get about five pages into a book and be like, this is not for me. So I became a real exerciser of my library card rights. So I wasn't buying books that I wasn't going to read. But I'm just saying that it's okay to not be consuming every spiritual fad. It's okay if you just like to use the tarot and you don't want to get into astrology or human design. It's okay if you are going along a healing journey and that to you just looks like journaling every day. And I don't want to say just journaling every day. I know that that's a very powerful practice, but it's okay if you're not going on psychedelic vacations. It's okay if you, if you want to be with your journal. It's about deciding. It's about integrating. It's about allowing yourself to say, I'm not really sure that this is for me and being totally okay with that and really saying like, wow, yeah. It's like going into a mall and saying, I don't need to wear every single fad. I don't need the world to see me in fishnet stockings and a miniskirt. It sounds fun, but I also know that that's not part of my journey. It's just allowing yourself to say every single trend, every single fad may not be intended for me and that's okay. 
I don't have to waste my time or money trying to force it because it just might not be part of my journey. And by staying connected with your intuition throughout this exploration, you get to discern which practices, teachings, beliefs resonate with you and allows you to question, explore, and choose what aligns with your highest truth. And what that answer is today may not be true later today or tomorrow or next week or next month or next year, but then you can go out and seek different avenues. But it's about in this moment, what is true for me in this moment, what makes sense to me? And it helps us really just differentiate between what's true for us and what may be misleading or just really good marketing on the internet. And so I want you to really question and seek your own direct experiences rather than just blindly following others, including myself. I want you to feel empowered from within to choose practices and paths that promote your growth and well being, because this is all about you being a whole member of the community. And when you can show up as your whole self in your whole truth, you empower others to do the same. You help contribute to that space in a way that's so authentic. It's so powerful. It's so valuable. And we need more of that. We need more people showing up in their truths and giving others permission to question, to ask, to decide. And like I said before, this is not about stifling your intuition. It's about empowering it. And a lot of people talk about their mental blocks on the spiritual journey. Like I just need to get out of my head or you're being stuck in your head. I've been told that so many times by people outside of me, unsolicited feedback that I'm stuck in my head. And guess what? I feel like discernment, critical thinking are part of this journey for me. It creates this sturdy tripod or this pyramid foundation where I get to integrate mind, body, and spirit. I'm not just listening to my mind. I'm not just listening to my body and I'm not just flitting away with like the spirit, but I'm taking my felt experience in my body, my critical thinking of my mind and the openness of my spirit and really bringing them all into this 3D reality, into this human existence and then creating from there. And that feels so good because I know that it's it's rooted in reality. It's grounded in my body. All of my systems are saying yes. And then we get to really play in that spiritual aspect. So how can we really nurture our discernment on the spiritual journey? You know that I'm all about real world applications of info. So I've kind of brainstormed for myself the things that I've done and the, the ways that I nurture this for myself that I want to share with you. So we're going to explore some practical tips and tools for using your discernment. And one thing that came up in the last episode that I just loved was that a couple of people sent me pictures that they drew of the path that we took during that episode of the journey we took during that episode. So I highly recommend if that resonates with you, grabbing a paper and something to write with and kind of mapping out what we're talking about here, mapping out this journey of discernment. And if you do that, please, please send me your visual either on Instagram at the Femme Genius, or you can email it to me, thefemgenius at gmail.com. And I would love to see your pictures. I would love to share them with the community as well, if you give your permission. So just saying that this can be helpful to not just take notes, but to kind of map it out for yourself into a visual, you know, linear or spiral journey. So here we go. Number one is using our inner listening. 
So one thing that I do a lot is that I walk in the woods. That to me is my form of meditation. I don't listen to anything. Sometimes I'm on calls with people. So if you've been on a walk in the woods with me over video chat, you're a very special person. Um, but I really believe in like that power of connecting with nature, connecting with myself, allowing thoughts um, to come up. The repetitive motion of walking really helps me tap into my intuition. And it really gets me out of like my thinking mind. I get to kind of sink down into my natural body. I connect with the earth. I connect with the world around me and I connect with my inner knowing. And so that's where I receive a lot of messages. I'll have a lot of breakthroughs when I'm walking. Um, other people, you know, do this through swimming or biking, but th there's a lot of benefit to moving your body if it's possible for you um, or doing repetitive motions. And so I just say that you can connect with your discernment. You can connect with your intuition through any type of meditation. It does not have to look like you sitting in a quiet room and just receiving, although it can look like that. But any type of activity that kind of shuts off all of the noise and just allows you to sink into the present moment can be considered meditation. So I highly recommend creating and cultivating a meditation practice for yourself. Journaling is really helpful. Getting um, information down on a page. A really great tool for journaling is setting a timer on your phone for about five minutes, writing down a question. It can be as simple as what do I need to know about this topic or what do I need to know today? And then just writing in nonstop sentences for the whole time until the alarm goes off and just see what comes out. See what your subconscious had to relieve itself of. Reflect on that. Sometimes you can use journaling prompts to give you clear answers. And I highly recommend that as well. And if writing is not accessible to you or writing does not feel like the way that you want to do it, I also usually use voice notes on my phone. I use that voice notes app and just ask questions and just talk and talk and talk because that's how I process information is letting it move through my throat, out my mouth. And then I also get to hear it as I'm saying it. And that usually opens some things up for me. So that inner listening, using meditation, using journaling, quiet reflection, just anything that allows you to hear that inner voice amidst the noise of the external world is going to be helpful in nurturing your discernment. Also, self-exploration. So this is where we bring in that understanding your values, understanding your beliefs, really owning your desires. Writing those things down is very helpful because it's claiming them. This can also be through vision boarding. Obviously, I really like using visuals. Um, so drawing, collaging, creating a Pinterest board around you know my sacred life or my spiritual journey could be helpful. Really looking at images and depictions of what you want that life to look and feel like can be so helpful but really going into those values, understanding what it is that your inner world really wants, what it wants to look like, what it wants to taste like, sound like, really creating a very sophisticated vision that you can tap into at any moment. And that self-awareness is really gonna help strengthen the compass of your discernment. I also really love research. So I investigate a lot of different spiritual practices that automatically resonate with me. 
So like I said before, there are certain practices that do not resonate with me and I do not waste my time there. But I, I take the little nuggets that come up and I like to Google or research the origins. Google's just the easiest thing for me to use right now, but I try to research like the origins of that spiritual practice. Where did it come from? Is it a closed practice, which means that it's protected? It's an indigenous practice that's only supposed to be passed down between members of a certain indigenous lineage. Um, so questioning that because I don't want to be doing things that are not mine, that are not mine to use. They may be very powerful and that's why they've been passed down through that lineage, but there are certain practices and I wholeheartedly respect these boundaries. There are practices that are not meant for me. And so while I would love to try them, I also respect that they aren't mine. So I like to question and research whether this practice is available to me or whether I'm appropriating something that just is not meant for me. So I like to research that. I research the teachers. Who is this person? What truly is their background? You cannot swing a rope around the spiritual world without hearing another person, and I'm one of them, hearing somebody talking about, I spent all these years in corporate and I left corporate to go on my spiritual journey. Corporate is a buzzword right now in the spiritual community. And I'm just like, if you ever worked in an office, doing anything as you could say and claim i used to work in corporate i worked in the corporate world it is so vast when you hear people sharing those stories and yet they use it as this badge of honor like you can trust me because i used to work in the corporate world i used to work in an office and to me, that's really playing into this whole capitalism, like trusting people who make money, trusting people who have money. And we know that that's not always true. I'm not saying that all people who have money are bad, but I'm also not saying that all people who have money are good. And so I like to really step into who is this person? What are their credentials? Where are they learning from? Who are they studying with? And do those people align with my values? Are they giving messages? Are they receiving information and processing it in a way that upholds my values about who I want to be in the world and how I want to show up? And I'll tell you that a lot of times that ends with a big no, because people are people and we're all different and we're all on our own journeys. But it's okay to say, I'm interested in this topic, but I'm not interested in learning it from you. And it doesn't have to be a direct thing. You don't have to go comment on all their stuff on Instagram being like, I'm not learning from you. However, it, it's enough for you to make that decision and say like, that person's just not a part of my journey. I now have that response when people ask me, do you work with this person? Do you follow this person? Do you read these books? And I just simply say, you know, that's not a part of my journey. And we move on from there. Or I just say no. And we move on from there. It's about allowing yourself to cross-reference your own beliefs with trusted sources and allow yourself to build out a stronger foundation of your discernment. And then the last thing that I usually use is seeking guidance. Like I do have friends. I am chatting in between readings all week long in different, all week long is what I said, in different time zones, you know, squeezing things in in between work just to connect with friends, associates, teachers, mentors, supportive communities, 
just finding spaces that allow me to learn and grow while also receiving guidance from within. So I used to really feel like so much of the spiritual journey is so individualistic because that's how it's marketed to us. Like you have to fix yourself. You have to heal yourself. This is your journey. And what I'm really moving toward and where I'm really feeling pulled and called is to find more of a community because it's it's really difficult to heal in a bubble. It's really difficult to learn in a bubble. It's really difficult for me to read and integrate information without experiencing it and without integrating it with the people around me and the communities around me. So those are that inner listening, self-exploration, research, and then also seeking guidance, seeking community. These are all just practical steps that I take in my daily life to help me nurture that discernment as I'm moving along on my spiritual journey. So, so what I was talking about before with the challenges, um, challenges of navigating discernment, the challenges of knowing what to do with conflicting information, knowing what to do when you're feeling external pressure to adopt something that's just not for you. I want to talk about that for a second, because I would be remiss if I didn't sit here and say, it's not all roses. It's not all journaling and meditating and having your kumbaya circle. Like you are going to be met with difficult decisions in your discernment. And so I want to talk about confirmation bias. And that is where we really tend to seek information that confirms our pre-existing beliefs. And that can be a really helpful part of our lives when we are encountering so much information through our phones, through the world around us, through media, is that we, we tend to seek out that echo chamber, those voices that are saying the things that resonate with us. And that can be so helpful, but it can also really push us into this echo chamber where we believe that this is the only truth. And we believe that this is the way that people think. And when I step out of that echo chamber, sometimes, um, I am just bitch slapped with the reality of the world. And I'm so shocked a lot of the time where I'm like, people are actually believing this? What? But it's so helpful because we need to be able to see what's out there. We need to be able to see like what's on the other side of my confirmation bias. And it opens our minds. It challenges us. It also opens ourselves to growth where maybe there's something going on in my echo chamber that is keeping me stuck or keeping me small minded. And when I step outside of it and open myself up to other information, even if I don't adopt that information, it opens me up to that critical thinking piece. It opens me up to remaining receptive to new viewpoints and perspectives that I may not have. And that's really how we're opening up our discernment and our intuition as well, is saying like, this was true for me, and this is what I believed was true for everyone. But now I'm stepping outside and seeing that that's not the truth that everybody holds, and that's okay. But it's so important that we're actually questioning it. It's so important to challenge that confirmation bias and say, is there another way? Am I missing a piece here? And maybe you're not, but maybe you are. So confirmation bias is, is one way to kind of navigate those challenges. Another way is that we need to look at our emotional intuition. Sometimes our emotions can cloud our discernment. And so it's really helpful to be able to start distinguishing between what is intuitive guidance and what is an emotional reaction. And so when this happens for me, when I feel those emotions coming up within me, 
One thing that really helps is I look at the speed because my emotions feel much more reflexive. My emotions feel like they happen almost instantaneously. Like anger can be there immediately. Disgust can be there immediately. Joy can be there immediately. My intuition or my intuitive guidance feels like it's more of an unfolding, almost like opening a closet and kind of like walk, like Narnia. You have to walk into the wardrobe to get to Narnia and it feels like it kind of unfolds more and more. It's reminding me right now as I'm thinking of it, like a pop-up book where when you open the book's page, it's not just opening a page of information and being able to absorb that, it's opening the page. And as you open it, it's like the world inside of that pop-up book or you know whatever's popping up kind of unfolds or blossoms. And so when we're talking about navigating whether or discerning whether it's emotions or intuition, this is not fail safe, but I will say as a rule of thumb, I tend to feel like even if my intuition feels instantaneous sometimes, the emotions feel much faster. I get carried away with my emotions much faster than I do with my intuition. My intuition feels much more grounded and it feels, some people describe it as more of a whisper where the emotions are like a shout and the intuition is like a whisper. Um, if that helps to think about it, but I, I tend to think about it in terms of speed. So what's helpful for me in that moment is taking that step back, taking a beat, grounding myself, like being back in my body, being back in the present moment and just reflecting on what's going on. Am I responding with my emotions to some outside stimulus or am I receiving guidance from within? Am I feeling more empowered in my decision or am I feeling disempowered? So that's another way, just kind of determining, does this help me feel like I'm more in control? Is this adding information or is this leading me into some kind of reaction that feels like I'm losing control? Another area where we can feel challenged with our discernment is ego attachment. And our ego can influence our discernment by seeking validation or wanting to appear spiritually advanced. I cannot tell you how many conversations I've had with people where they're talking about their ego and really, as they're saying it, I'm thinking, it sounds like you're talking about having a conscience. And that's a good thing. Because the ego is the one that seeks to look like they are further ahead than everyone else, that there's something extra special about you. And so when we talk about ego or overcoming the ego, it's actually talking about Am I in comparisonitis with myself or with the people around me? Am I looking to appear like I'm more enlightened? And that to me is just so counterintuitive, counterproductive, because while we're doing this journey in community, we're on our own healing journey so that way we can show up in community and support that structure, support the community. It is not about I'm further ahead than you, or I'm more enlightened than you, or I'm, you know, more, I'm the chosen one. And so therefore you should listen to me because I know better than you do. A true leader in this community looks like I have had a lived experience and it has brought me knowledge, wisdom, comfort, lessons, healing, whatever. And it was so powerful in my journey that I want to share it with others. 
I want to give an access point to others so that way they can also then help themselves. And maybe my way is not your way. And that's fine. <laughs> I just heard like, it's my way or Norway. Um, you do not have to go to Norway on this journey unless you want to. It's beautiful. But we really want to let go of that feeling of comparison or that there's a goal line because there is no goal line. We're all heading toward the same place. We all end in one way or another in the same place. And so we need to let go of that attachment to winning, to winning spirituality. And instead, instead embrace that humility that allows us to trust our inner guidance because it's that humility, that feeling of, you know, I don't know it all that keeps us open to hearing the answers that come from within. If we know it all, then we miss out on so much. But if we approach things with a student's mind, if we approach life as that journey that we're seeking the treasure on, then we get to really be there and be present for the gold that's on offer. So some ways to do all this, number one, regular check-ins. Take some time to evaluate your beliefs, your values, your practices, the resonance of your spiritual path in the present moment, coming back to that regularly is going to really help because as you evolve, the things and the tools that you used in the beginning of your journey or throughout your journey may not resonate anymore. So just checking in, is this still aligned with my highest truth? And if not, be open to modifying or letting go of what doesn't serve you. Number two, trust yourself. So much of this journey for me is about cultivating self-trust because cultivating self-trust helps me to listen to my intuition. So it's, this is about honoring your inner guidance, making choices that resonate authentically with your unique path. Number three, seek balance. Remember that discernment does not equal cynicism or skepticism. It's about cultivating that curiosity and discerning from this place of self-love and compassion for yourself and the community around you. And number four, this is my biggest one. Always practice boundaries, establish energetic boundaries, and only engage with the teachings, practices, guides, individuals that uplift and support your growth. Full stop. You are allowed to say no, and you are allowed to change your consent at any time. So even if it was a yes at one point, you're allowed to then say no when it becomes a no and vice versa. Maybe it was a no for you up until a certain point and you're checking in with yourself and you're like, I actually feel like this is a yes for me now. You have the ability to change your mind at any moment and to have those boundaries respected. Anyone who is trying to bully you into a modality, say that they know better than you, say that they know your situation better than you, please, please use your discernment. Please get yourself away from that into a quiet space where you can listen to yourself for a while and then come back to it. You are always allowed to pause a conversation where you feel like you're being strong-armed or convinced of something that doesn't feel true for you. You are allowed to pause that and say, you know what? I, I don't feel comfortable here. I'm going to come back to this later, or I don't feel comfortable here. This is the end of our discussion. Trust that. This is a big part of your discernment and it's a big part of building that piece of yourself that you can be trusted and that this is your journey. So I know this was a lot. As we wrap up today's episode, I leave you with this. Dare to be bold. Trust your instincts and choose your unique path with discernment. You are the author of your story. You are the one who has to live this life. 
And with every twist and turn, every new chapter of growth, you are learning more, you are opening yourself more, and you are getting further along on this journey of empowerment, this journey of trust, and this journey of your intuition. So thank you so much for joining me. Um, I'm so excited for you. Please, please reach out to me. Give me your feedback. I would love to hear about your journey. I would love to see your pictures if you drew one or however else you're integrating this information. Remember that your intuition is your greatest guide and your discernment is your compass. So stay empowered, stay magical. Goodbye for now and may your journey be filled with wisdom and wonder. Thanks for tuning in to the Femme Genius Podcast, where intuition meets inspiration. If you enjoyed this episode and want more empowering insights, don't forget to subscribe and share your thoughts in the comments. Remember, your intuition is your superpower, and together we're unlocking its full potential. Stay curious, stay intuitive, and keep shining your unique light in the world. Until next time.